Promotion, relegation, and finals placed all online. This weekend had it all in football queens and competitions. Welcome to another edition of the Brisbane Football Reviews NPL Sunday chat. Scott and Adam with you as usual. Adam, as I said, this weekend had absolutely everything, didn't it? Yeah, it's uh, Sunday night, and we know what time it is. And so we, we recap a very, very good week of um, weekend of uh, football across the leagues. And uh, yeah, look, plenty of um, plenty of stories as far as uh, as you said, promotion, relegation. Premierships won and Premiers almost won. Absolutely. Before we get into that, however, there were a whole host of games played midweek. Adam, what was the standout result for you? Well, um, the one that stands out to me was uh, Magic United and FQPL 2 uh, beating Grange at um, at Lanham Park, which effectively handed uh, Caboolture the uh, the Premiership on um, on Tuesday night. Uh, obviously, then uh, Magic United, and we'll go into later, but just a quick preface on that, that then Magic United decided to beat the, um, the newly crowned Premiers on their own patch uh, on the weekend. So they had a pretty good week. They did. We'll get to that. Now, you've taken the positive news story of the midweek game, so you've left me to be the bad guy. So I'll take the game between <laughs> South, between Southwest Queensland Thunder, I beg your pardon, and Holland Park Hawks. And it was a win ultimately for the Thunder at home, which kept Brisbane City waiting a few more days to secure their promotion challenge. We'll get to that later on as well. But it also ensured that Holland Park Hawks would be relegated to FQPL2. So it certainly did have a lot on at that match and it's just the first match of many matches over this last seven days or so that have had plenty riding on it. Yeah, look, and obviously um, there are going to be a few, week, few weeks coming up where there's going to be plenty of catch-up matches. Some are going to be completely irrelevant to, to anything other than getting matches through and others is going to be crucial to the race, especially in the NPL where it is absolutely all on the line at the moment. It is. Now, we've talked a little bit about promotion and relegation. I mentioned there's also finals games with high, or big big games with finals implications on them, and that started off in the MPL men's competition. Let's transition into that discussion now, Adam. MPL men's round 24. We're going to skip right to the end of the round on Sunday night. Brisbane Roar Academy 2, Olympic FC nil 2. Spectacular goals from Cyrus. We'll talk about Cyrus individually in a moment, but just firstly on the results, a huge three points for the Brisbane Roar, given what else happened over the weekend. Yeah, look, Brisbane Roar scored plenty of once, plenty of games this season. Um, they scored plenty of goals, but this, for mine, is the crowning achievement of their season so far. This th- To go to Goodwin Park and to win 2-0, um, thanks to two, look, you, you, you nailed it in one, spectacular goals from Cyrus Demi. Um, this, to me, is... The crown achievement, and to think, you know what? If there's any doubts that they are going to be whether or not they're going to be finals players, this dispels it. It does. This was a it's the round where the three, where the top six teams played off against each other over the course of the weekend. So it was always going to be a potentially decisive weekend. And the Raw took a huge step forward. You're right. They they were a team which I think over the course of the season they've looked like they're going to be a top four team, but. They, for a lot of people, there was always that question mark of would the young side eventually just fall away? Would it happen just for when they started bringing younger players because of the A-League players move, or players who were on the fringe of the A-League moving into pre-season? But they've all been playing in this competition, Adam, and gee, they play some great stuff. Yeah, look, and, and that's and also as well, I'd like, it's one thing to praise Cyrus Demi for his contribution up front, but the the back line as well, they they hardly looked troubled tonight. And I, and I include, include Nathan Foster as well, who 
who are as well. And like we know that Olympic, you know, have got the players and the cows are really, you know, turn on. But um, you've got you've got to give credit to that the, the raw backline at the moment. You know, uh, players like Jackson Simkin, um, Jackson Hart Phillips, uh, Dominic Horwood, and uh, I'm trying to think of the fourth one. Um, uh, who who's yeah the I can't I can't think of the top of my head who the uh, other defender <laughs> is. Um, yeah, yeah, they they played yeah. collectively across the board. The whole team is really strong, isn't it? Look, I mean, we've, we're going to talk about Cyrus in a minute, but that whole team across the board has just been absolutely superb. And they've always, whenever they've missed out on players over the course of the season, they've found players to step in and replace them. They've lost Alex Parsons early in the season. They've managed to cover cover that loss. They had Cyrus Demi unavailable for a few weeks. They managed to cover, cover that loss. They're just a team which they've got a tremendous pool of young players to choose from, Adam, but they always seem to find a way to bring players. And I know one player caught your eye tonight was young Sam Klein in the midfield. We've seen him play a few times, but he looks a really good player as well. Yeah, look, uh, he, he did catch my eye. And I saw, we saw him make his debut at um, Heath Park about, about uh, well, it's about two months ago now after the uh, four-week break. But, um, yeah, look, he he's, he's, he looks like a player that, you know, is certainly in midfield. He He's very, very impressive. Um and, and yeah, look. Uh, but they, like I said, all, there's been plenty of standouts um, in the, in that side. And, uh, and yeah, it's um, yeah. Look, it's it's a case of I think it, we always thought that you know at some point, as you said earlier, that you know it's going to be a case of what's the point where the senior side starts taking players, their best players away, and leaving you know players behind you know to to basically you know, mop up. But as we keep on seeing, they, they take plays. Hassan Ramazani, as we look, doesn't hasn't played for a few weeks. I dare say he's now an A-League player. But yet still, they still keep on, they still keep on stepping up. Yeah, I think there's a very good argument to make, given the state of the Australian moment, I'm not going to get into any of that, but given the way that the, the pre-season for the Raw looks like it might go, I think there's a very, very good argument to be made that they should keep as many players playing in this competition as they can for as long as they can, because it'd be a far better preparation for them if they're going to get meaningful A-League minutes to play competitive games against really good sides here, as opposed to playing behind behind doors, behind closed doors practice games that no one knows about. I think it's far better that they play in the games like this as opposed to those. But we'll move on. Cyrus Demi, we've got to talk about quickly. Two unbelievable goals. Like the first one showed his blistering pace to get around Zach Anderson with a great finish, but the second goal... That was absolutely spectacular. We've seen it before from Cyrus. Actually, he scored a very similar goal at Capalabar earlier in the season, which was equally spectacular. Yeah. But this was top draw. Oh, absolutely! He be he somehow got through four four defenders, um, being the aforementioned Zach Anderson, who's no muggy. He has got a league experience. Danny Drive is another one who has been you know defensively. That that pairing is probably one of the best in the MPL. And he he goes through them and then has the presence of mind to chip over an advancing Lachlan Hunter. Look, you, you cannot teach that. That that is just that is just sheer brilliance. And like, like I said, if, if anyone has any doubts about Cyrus Demi, whether he can make a contribution, you know, in the A-League, maybe I'm not saying he's gonna start every week, you know, from the start of the season and he's gonna score 20 goals in a season, but he certainly is, you know, he's now look more and more like the player we hope to be, at least taking those first steps. And by the way, it's Trent Millard that I was thinking of before who, who stepped in. There you go. But he isn't going to start every game and score 20 goals. He's going to start every game and score 40 goals. Get it right. <laughs> I think it's actually the finish tonight against Olympic 
the little dink I thought that he mentioned, that's what made this guy, this guy a little better than his one against Capella. But I'd love to see a split screen, actually, of those two side by side. That It would be very, very similar. But quickly on Olympic, they didn't do a lot wrong tonight, did they? They were beaten by two moments of brilliance. They had plenty of chances of their own, and they looked good going forward. And the loss tonight isn't going to be terminal in terms of their top four hopes. They're still well and truly in the fight. No, that look, that's, and that's the other point. We're, we're fawning for praise on the raw. But, yeah, you're right. Olympic did not play that badly. They they may have scuffed a few chances, uh, pro take it. But, look, at the end of the day, finals football and playing at that level is about taking your opportunities. And it's only going to be a moment of brilliance or moments of absolute madness that are going to decide these games. Tonight, it was two moments of brilliance that, that gives all three points to the raw. So, look, I, I don't, again, I think I just said Olympic, I don't think they'll be disappointed by the result. I'm, I'm, I'm sure they are. But look, I think at the end of the day, they didn't play that badly. No, they didn't. And talk about two moments of brilliance, which decided a match will move to the first game of the Sunday doubleheader up there at Ballinger Park, where it was a 2-0 win for Lions FC. Two goals from Alex Fechner in the second half, giving the defending champions a crucial three points away from home. And Adam, we've said it time and time again on this show in the last 12 months, in a big game, Lions always seem to turn up, don't they? And they did it once again, so they were incredibly impressive. Yeah, look, they they were. Um, and again, same storyline in the first game to the second game. I don't think Sunshine Coast Wanderers did too much wrong. Again, they had a couple of chances, which Luke Boring, Boring you know, saved. You know, his issues, but he was in one of those moods again. And then Alex Fechner, two goals as well, two breakaway goals as well. And, um, and yeah, Lions, six straight wins now. And from going from... You now, worry, are they going to make the finals? They're right in the thick of it again. Then they are probably the form team in the league at the moment. I think they are the form team at the moment, actually. You got Luke Boring, the beanie must have had some magic going tonight because he was in one of those moods where he just was not going to be beaten. It could have been still going now and he would not be beaten the form he was in. But I think I, I spoke to Darren Simon about this after the win against Prince of Power a couple of weeks ago and kind of talked about the fact that they wanted to make a real statement that night against Power to give them momentum for the remainder of the season, which is essentially about an eight or nine game sprint now to the, to the final series. So they do have that momentum now, don't they? We know, and we know that when lions have momentum, they can be awfully hard to stop. I know it's not the same team of 2020 and 2018, but gee, that can be hard to stop when they get that momentum behind them. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You just, you never count lions out. Um, as you said, I, I, I think it's no coincidence that, uh, that their form has sort of coincided with Sean Carlos being back. He is the heart of that team as far as, you know, their, their creative go forward. Um, I think he, he makes Joe Duckworth a more potent player. And uh, yeah, look, Alex Fechner, he's getting up to the, he's getting back up to that level where he was a couple of years ago when he first broke through for Brisbane city. Um, he had, he had obviously a interrupted season last season, but but the 2019 season, he was, he was one of the best and being one of the youngest at the time. So he's starting to find his form at lines. And you know, if they're all firing, um, yeah, they, they are one, they are still one of the best. And also as well, they now have to FFA up to focus on. They do. They've got that game. Came out 10 goals for the season, also for Alex Fechner. So he's having a very fine season out there at Richland. We'll move on to the third and final clash between the top six this weekend. It was the first game of the round, actually, up there at AJ Kelly Park in Regliff. It was a 3-2 win for Gold Coast Knights, Adam. They, met, they left it late, Gold Coast Knights. They, they, they led, the, they led, they went, led, they went ahead in the 25th minute through Marek Madley. Brenton Fox scored for Peninsula Power just after the halftime break. Then an own goal put Power 
2-1 ahead. Dante Mariner equalised for the Knights in the 82nd minute, and then Nick Panetta in the 93rd minute gave Knights what could be a really crucial three points for them, given the fact they've played more games than everybody else. They need the points in the bank, and these three points against the league leaders could be could be so valuable for them. Yeah, look, um, it's still against them at the moment. They're having played more games than everyone else. Um, and at the moment, they're sitting in third place. But that's a little bit inflated. Uh, but this is a game that we thought maybe that, you know, they had, they had to win to be any chance and then hope hope and pray that, you know, the teams around them start dropping points to each other to keep them in it. And I think this is a very important step for them. Um, yeah, and it also shows a great character for them that they, they still think that they are a chance because those are two one down against power at AJ Kelly Park. You'd almost say, you know, especially the form they've been the last couple of years. Um, it's a very, very hard place to go. So to come back from behind and win it, uh, it just shows that they still believe. And as long as they still believe, there's, there's still a chance. Uh, so they are also a big game team to be fair to them. There's no doubt about that. The Gold Coast Knights. I feel like I ask you this question every single week, or at least every week since the, we resumed this show after the last lockdown. What's going on at Peninsula Power? Yeah, I think I think it's the same answer. Ram, and after after next week, that potentially that excuse runs out. Um, they did they did they did um rest a number of players ahead. They so they play on Tuesday night against Brisbane Raw in the uh, FFA Cup. Um, I keep on saying the same week. I I, I still got to think that's part of it. Um, but yeah, inside that, and I think maybe some clubs will start to figure them out. I, I, it's it's just it's baffling that you know that they've they've gone from you know winning pretty much you know going perfect and all of a sudden they've, they've hit a slump and uh, the break probably didn't help them. It, you know, it certainly didn't help them. There's no doubt about that. They've, they've we're talking about the momentum lines have gained since the lockdown. Well, power has certainly gone the other way. I think I do think the game against Brisbane Raw and Tuesday night has had a big part of it, but they still have a margin for error, albeit a smaller one than they had a couple of weeks ago, which makes it much more interesting for the rest of us, but it's a very good result for Gold Coast Knights. Now, we've spent about 15 minutes of waffling going on. Adam, now let's hear what Nick Panetta had to say. He caught up with James, at our, our, our friend from the Brisbane Football Review midweek show. He caught up with Nick Panetta after the game. So let's hear what Nick had to say after the game last night with Gold Coast Knights 3, Peninsula Power 2. All right, Nick, huge three points for Knights tonight. and You had pretty big say in the outcome of the game. Yeah, we um, left it late, but that was a Massive three points for us to to stay in that top four and keep pushing for finals. And uh, obviously, like huge test tonight against Penn Power as well. They really push you to the limit. Yeah, they're um, one of the best in the league. They know how to win. Um, obviously, their past few results haven't been what they would have wanted, but we knew it was always going to be a tough game, and they certainly gave us a tough game. And we've just got to take through that strike at the end. Just what was going through your mind? Saw the space and... Yeah, kind of cut in on my ride and when I'm on my ride, I just hit it. <laughs> Hope for the best, I guess. Well, I suppose that's the uh, appropriate mindset to have for a forward like yourself. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and uh, obviously, you know, got FFA Cup coming up as well, hopefully. Uh, looking forward to that? Yeah, hopefully we um, get to go up there on Wednesday and I'm sure it'll be a big game for both clubs obviously Edge Hill probably their biggest game in history and they'll get a big crowd so yeah we really got to focus on getting the the win in that game 
Perfect. Well, congratulations. Phenomenal strike. It was a pleasure to call the game and uh, good luck in the rest of the season. Thank you. So that was Nick Pinot talking to James there, our host from the midweek show. Thank you to Nick and James for that interview. Adam, we'll move on and talk about the rest of the games from round 24 in the MPL men's competition. It started on Friday night. A 1-0 win for Gold Coast United at home to Logan Lightning. A goal from Sam King with 20 minutes to play, giving the home side the points there. On Saturday down at the Cleveland Showgrounds, a one-all draw between Redlands United and Magpies Crusaders. A result which really didn't help either side in fairness. So at Heath Park, it was a 1-0 win for Eastern Suburbs over Brisbane Strikers. A goal from Son there right on the the hour mark and up at up at Morton Bay it was a 4-0 win for the home side against Capalaba there two goals from Rio Ono his 15th of the season Declan Smith and young Jake Ellenberg on the score sheet there so a bunch of goals from Morton Bay in a game which they had to win but in the relegation fight no help for anybody no uh, quite simply I think that draw between Redlands and Magpies basically seals both their fates uh Obviously, the defeat of uh, Brisbane Strikers pretty much seals their fate as well. I think it's important that East actually got got a win. I think again they're safe, but um, but uh, but yeah, like so they they need to yeah, at least click over some wins. And Gold Coast United also got a win, which pretty much guarantee them safety mathematically as well. And they, they've obviously got a few games um, in hand, albeit against uh, Peninsula Power home and away. But they they also need a win, so I think they're safe. So Capalabar mathematically the only team that probably still can get relegated, uh, but it's going to be a mountain of an effort for any of those three teams from 12 to 14 to uh, to bridge the gap. Yeah, we kind of half, half jokingly, half seriously discussed ways which the bottom three could get out of their peril last week. I think it's fair to say that any remote chance of that is probably gone and that relegation tour, yes, we did see the banner at the Goodwin Park tonight. It was absolutely fantastic. <laughs> the relegation tour is almost complete. And I think it'll probably be confirmed in the next seven days or so. So Redlands are in 12th, Magpies 13th, and Brisbane Strikers 14th on 10, 8, and 8, respectively. There's a 10-point gap between those three sides and the nearest challenge at Capalabar. So Capalabar, uh, they're near enough safe. It'll probably be in the next seven days or so they secure their safety, but... For those bottom three sides, and it seems like the relegation to FQPL1 is just a matter of time away. We'll spend more time talking about the top of the table because that's actually where this is getting much more interesting, Adam, at the top of the table. Peninsula Power, they are still top on 46 points from 19 games played. In second this week, uh, Brisbane Raw on 45 points from 21 games. So it's a one-point gap at the top, but Power have two games in hand, both of which are against Gold Coast United to be played in the coming weeks. In third place is Gold Coast Knights on 43 points from 22 games played. And in fourth this week is Lions FC on 41 points from 21 games played. Then you've got also on 41 points Sunshine Coast Wanderers, but they've played 20 games, so they've got a game in hand. You've got then in sixth place Olympic on 39 points from 20 games. And Morton Bay United, who are who were not playing against top six this weekend, they made... They made good. They made good on that by, by good good on that advantage. I should say on that by with picking up three points. They're on 39 points from 21 games played. So it's still only one game in it between seventh and fourth. So it's just it's still incredibly close. So well, this weekend was potentially going to be season defining. Adam, all it's done is tighten it up even further. 
I think I think the word season defining is going to come up um, again and again over the next couple of weeks. I think the road all the way to the end is going to be uh, basically one result could change the nature of the game. For example, next Sunday night, uh, Brisbane Raw go up to uh, – come up here to uh, Walter Park to face Morton Bay. Morton Bay win that game. They repeat what they did uh, early in the season. All of a sudden, they're in the hunt again for the top four. So it could it could so easily change um, on, a, on a week's basis. And so that's not the only games in the coming weeks where the top seven teams will meet each other. No, it's not. But that, that is the big game in the next round of fixtures, right? It's Brisbane Raw. They are actually the home side against Morton Bay United up there. At Walter Park, all the other teams in the top seven play teams in the bottom half. So it's an opportunity for those teams to pick up points. But for the Raw and Morton Bay, it is a potentially massive clash. We will move on now to FQPL1, where one team who will not be in that competition next year, Adam, and this was decided, this was probably a long time coming. It's Brisbane City. They have been promoted to the MPL Queensland for 2022, the runaway premiers of that competition. They had a big win at home against Holland Park Hawks on Saturday night out there at CTM Stadium. Before we talk about it, let's hear what the captain, coach and football director of Brisbane City, Matt Smith, had to say after his side clinched promotion back to the MPL Queensland in 2022. All right, we're talking about the player coach of Brisbane City, Matt Smith. Matt, congratulations. It's a massive night for the club, but firstly on the game tonight, a really good performance from your side. Uh, first half was good. Yeah, first half was good. I think like, we went 3-0 up, obviously. Um, thought we controlled the game. Um, but however, second half, we, um, we weren't in control as much. I think that they that they got back into it. We, we weren't ruthless enough. We got ourselves in some good positions. It could have really been four or five or six. But then we kept them, not kept them in the game. But at um, the second half, they got that. They got their... They got their goal, and then um, yeah, like I said, we didn't we didn't really control it as as best as what I would have liked to have controlled the second half. Was that the message? And, uh, sorry, and, but yeah. the, but that's credit that's credit to them. Like obviously they they come in the front foot and put us under a, a bit of pressure, and um, you know I've got to give credit to Holland Park for that. Was that kind of the message going into the game then as well? Obviously a massive night for the club, but start the game off right, make sure we get the job done, then we can worry about the celebrations. It seemed like the first twenty minutes in particular, boys were on fire. Yeah, look the. Um, We've been building all season, not not necessarily for this moment. Like we've we've been building a squad that can transition into the NPR. So we're we're we've been refining our system all season. So tonight was another night from a performance point of view that is adding to you know the, the 17 previous performances that, that 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 we put in. Like these celebrations are just a byproduct of whatever we've been working on for the last eight or nine months now. Back in the MPL, it was obviously the stated aim at the beginning of the year to get to come back to that level. It must be incredibly satisfying to get to get that job done. Yeah, look, I, I had a quick speech inside, and the amount of work that goes in by the players week in week out, like we have a very high attendance um, in terms of our training and our preparation. I have some really good coaches around me that that, 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 that help the the. Um, delivery of it um, you know and the players committed to City at the start of the year knowing that there was a longer term plan you know it was our, our objective at the start of the year to, to get promoted back into the NPL which is where the club belong you know we are a very big um, historic club within, within the landscape of Australian football so obviously um, you know, the big objective this year was to get promoted but the bigger picture is that we're, we're building a team that can, that can go into the NPL and compete um, we're building a team that can go in another three, four, five years and just one for yourself, it's like your first bit of success as a coach, what that means to you? Yeah, it is. 
Oh, look, again, I think that um, I have to pay credit to the people around me. We, we have a fantastic group of players culturally that are very, very good. I can't ask for anything more of them. Um, it's been a challenging year. Um, there's players that have come into the squad that have left us. We've been able to bring in some players during the year. Um, but the, the consistent theme within everything that we do is about being better. So, um, again, my assistant coaches, goalkeeper coaches, um, they, they make my job a lot easier. But, again, we're building for that. You know, so um, I can't I can't thank him enough. Yeah, and just finally, how important is it to finish off the season now that you've got the promotion spot in the bag, the premiership? How important is it to finish the season off on a high? Keep going. With the final yeah, series as well. Yeah, just, again, um, tonight we were able to wrap up this, the season early um, because we're the best team in the comp. Um, I, I, I don't have any embarrassment in saying that. Um, we, we want to fi- finish the season strong. We're, we're going to go into the next... Um, three games going going to win all three games and we're also going to go in the grand final so um, it's important that we, that we keep building momentum so that we finish the season strong you have been the best team in the table does on the enjoy the celebration thank you very much I appreciate your time so that was the player coach and football director of Brisbane City Matt Smith and as Daniel Bowles said in the presentation last night that's my skipper Adam <laughs> it is and uh, yeah but look um, 300 days It's it's been that uh, that uh, Brisbane City have been you know been have gone down and then come back up. Um, look, uh, congratulations to them. Uh, look, and it, it, for for us personally, we we've been there sort of the entire way. We were there on November fifteenth last year when they they were officially relegated at, at Goodwin Park, and to be there last night uh, to see them you know finally achieve promotion. Which look at the end of the day, we we knew it was coming. You know the way they the way they've spent the way they've built up that that squad. They are a you know, an MPL caliber side. They still had to do it. They start to do it, and also as well, I guess the one thing as well is not only the player and the squad that obviously deserve congratulations, but it is the club themselves. It is amazing the change in the place at a corporate travel management stadium. You know, inside a year that you know last year it was almost it was it was with all due respect. It was a depressing place to go to watch football. There wasn't really much sort of going on emphasis. And, you know, as much as they try on the pitch, it seemed to be sort of all sort of, you know, you know sort of go, going to the Wolves, I guess. But uh, look, to see to see the turnaround for, of that club in a year. And look, there, a lot of people say that, you know, Brisbane City should never have been in that position in the first place. And we, we all agree on that. But also it's a reminder for a lot of these other historical clubs um, look, your your place in the top flight is not divine. You just you need to put in and invest every year, and I think that's a lesson that Bristol City learned. And you know what? Their 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 mantra: they we are back. Well, they are back, and let's just hope they're back for a long time to come. There might be another club, a historical club, that might have to learn that lesson. We'll talk about that in future weeks. But you're right, Brisbane City, we have followed this journey for a while, not just that night in November last year where they were officially relegated. Okay. We were following them pretty closely actually at the back end of the season because it was. One of those things that it looked like for a while it could happen and was going to happen, but you didn't really believe it was going to happen until it actually did happen that they did get relegated. And you're right, the road to redemption has been a long one. It's been a, a bit of a painful one for them, but on and off the field in the last 12 months, right, they have been absolutely spectacular. It was capped off with the result last night, but it's the whole step along the way, everything along the way they've done has been absolutely superb. And you're right, the whole the whole match day experience at Brisbane City has completely evolved, not just on the field, but off the field in the last 12 months. It's really good to see that club 
showing the ambition to get themselves back to where they should be. And now you're hopefully they kick on. I think they did mention it actually in the presentation. I thought Matt Smith said it as well in that interview we had with him. The goal isn't just to get back to the NPL. They want to get into the fight with these top top seven or eight teams and be a part of that. Cause that's really where they should be. But in order to get to there, they had to get back into the competition and they're there now. And it was a good win over Holland Park as well. It was three goals to one, two goals from Sam Subatoire, an early penalty from Fraser Hills. And really it could have been five or six if they were going to be, if they wanted to be ruthless. Yeah, look, that's um, that's the one thing that we know from uh, that you'll know from the Matt Smith interviews that it wasn't that. Yeah, it was a good first half. The second half wasn't wasn't great. And even though, with the back of mind, knowing that all you needed was a point to be pre- to be crown premiers to gain promotion, and to come out and say, um, "Look, we're not satisfied with that," and they did lose that second half one nil, albeit a very very good goal from Connor McCauley, who um, look Holland Park they try as they might, especially as well, given they could have laid down as well and pretty much rolled over, given that they've already been relegated. Um, they at least put up a fight in the second half. Um, the first half they were just blown off the park, and that's I think that's the story of their season. I just don't think they have the quality at the moment to be able to match up with these top tied sides, even FQPL one at the moment. Um, but, uh, but yeah, look, they, they weren't satisfied with that, but it, it goes to the point that um, they're, they're still going to go out. You now they've, they've got history to make. They, they still three wins, you know, will make them the greatest FQPL team. They'll be even eclipse that 2019 pinch up power side. I'll try 2018 power side. Cause as they lost the game, Oh, didn't they? Sorry, they they dropped points. They drew with Logan Lightning uh, in that season, um, and then obviously as well. Then they obviously want to win the grand final. So there's still five games to win for Brisbane City. And by the sound of things, they're gonna go. They're gonna go out swinging, trying to make sure they they win that, pick up those five Ws. Absolutely, that was the, you're right. That was the thing that really struck me about the interview with Matt Smith. It was right. They were he was happy with the first half, but I think I think he's trying. I think. My takeaway from that is he doesn't want complacency to get set in that, oh, we've got the promotion now where the premiers, there's, there's still targets this season that they want to tick off and not just get back to the NPL. I think they want to get back to the NPL as champions, right? There are three games left to go in the regular season. I'm sure at this point now, the ambition would be to go undefeated and win all those games. But I think the grand final is, is going to be important to Brisbane City. They haven't won a grand final in a very long time. I think the last one they played in would have been the first grand final in the NPL era back in 2013 or 14 from memory so it's been a while since they've played in one let alone won one so you can imagine that's a big box to tick and it seems like the focus is still there on that absolutely and, and again not, nothing's given even though they may they may very well um win go 20 for 20 and, and, and finish off the perfect regular season but even in this context the when we get to finals it's a different season. They still got to show up and win those, win the semi-final and win a grand final. And you got, you got to believe that you know Thunder and Western Pride and Rochdale aren't going to be gunning from this, saying, "Well, look, the premiership's gone, but we've got 90 minutes to be able to try and knock off, you know, who have been the best team in that league." And you can bet that they, they're going to gun for it. I don't, I don't think any of those four, any of those three other clubs. Who are now all locked in? By the way, not, not speculating. Yeah. Uh, Rochdale, Southwest Queensland Thunder, and Western Pride will be playing finals football in FQPL one. You don't think that any of those sides will be think, taking their chances, thinking, you know what, we can knock them off, and that's and that's what you've got to hope. But and I think Brisbane City are ready to meet that challenge. 
Oh, the target's going to be on their back, absolutely. That that will be the target for those other three sides to do that. But we'll see what happens in the final series, because you're right. At this point, there's not a lot left to play for in FQP1. Brisbane City have, have been crowned premiers. They're on 51 points. There's an 11-point gap to second-place side, Rochdale Rovers. And you've got Southwest, Southwest Queensland Thunder in third on 37 points with a game in hand on Rochdale. And fourth place is Western Pride. Now, those four sides have kicked clear of the rest of the pack and secured their spot in the top four. So that... So that will, in all, almost all likelihood, it will be Brisbane City versus Western Pride in one semi-final, and then Rochdale v Thunder in either home or away. We'll have to wait and see in the other game. At the bottom end of the table, Holland Park Hawks, as we mentioned, they were relegated in midweek against Thunder. Wynnum Wolves had the bye this weekend, but due to results in other games, they have been also been been relegated. And the final spot, that final relegation spot, will be decided between Sunshine Coast Fire. NCH, no, they play next weekend up on the Sunshine Coast. It will it will have to be a win there for South United, otherwise they will be the third side to go down. Now, actually, I just realized we didn't read through the rest of the results in NPL, in FQPL 1, so I better do that as well, Adam. The other games of the round, it was a 4-3 win for Western Pride away from home against South Ooh. United. Uh, two, yeah. Mitchelton, two goals from Shuto Kubiyama was enough there to get them a result against Southside Eagles. And it was a two-all draw between Southwest Queensland Thunder and Sunshine Coast up on the range tonight. But all eyes in FQPL are essentially on the final series, apart from potentially next weekend that final relegation spot up there on the goal up on the Sunshine Coast. Adam. Yeah, and uh, that that Western Pride South United game. Um, I was changing our good friend from uh, from the pit, uh, Liam. Parslow on on Saturday morning, he sort of accused me of jinxing him after I went to the early crow, and boy was I uh, first <laughs> my fingers seeing see after after Western Pro had to fight back three times to eventually <laughs> win that game. So I thought, oh my god, I've, all of a sudden, you know, the the uh, green white side of Ipswich going to be uh, at me for jinxing him. So thank God they won. Yes, I think Sash and I might have read that, might have been sent a copy of that conversation between you and Liam and, <laughs> and used as a bit of motivation, but they got there in the end, Western Pride. We'll move on now to FQPL2 because the Premiership race there has also been decided. The runaway leaders, Caboolture, were crowned Premiers midweek after Magic and I picked up a result against Grain Sistle midweek, which you mentioned earlier. It's a great result for Caboolture and nothing less than they deserve. Yeah, look, they they again like it's very very similar to Brisbane City. They they came into FQPL two with ambitions to to basically conquer and move up move up the pyramid, and they've done just that. Um, they they have got a few games, um, including on Saturday night against Magic United. Uh, but uh, look, I think I think they again I think it's very very comfortable for them. Um, look, congratulations to them as well, and. Again, I think they'll go up next season FQPL 1, and I don't think they'll be making up the numbers. I truly believe that they will be challenging. I think they'll be in the finals. We'll have to wait and see how whether they're in the top top of the fight or in the chase. We'll have to wait and see, but they're certainly going to be in the discussion for, for spots in the top half of the table. There's no doubt about that. Congratulations to Terry Kirkham and the, and the side up there at Caboolture. They did, however, lose, to your point, 2-1 to Magic United at the weekend, so perhaps a little bit of a hangover there. But a great result for Magic. We'll get to the table in a moment. 4-0 win for North Star at home against Virginia. And in the games played today, it was a 1-0 win for Grand Sicily away to Coomera. And a 4-1 win for Samford at Turinga, which just makes the table very interesting in FQPL too. Because, well, Gabulta are crowned premiers on 47 points, Adam. 
the rest of the top four is actually somewhat interesting. You've got Turinga on 37, Grains Thistle on 36, so potentially a home final on, on offer there for those two sides. And you've got North Star on 30 points and Magic United 27, and they have a game in hand on North Star. So second and third is interesting, and fourth and fifth potentially as well. Yeah, look, Magic Knight in FQPL 1 are the form team at the moment. They've, they've, they've run the gauntlet and they've knocked off in the space of two weeks, they've knocked off the three top teams. So North Star is a very, very important win to beat Virginia. That keeps them three points ahead. And uh, they've got, I'm just looking at the table now, they, they have got the goal difference on their side, North Star. So they need to keep winning. But um, look, Magic United, they, they're closing fast. And that's going to, I think, provide the interest in that, in that competition will be who finishes um, fourth. Would you say they brought the Magic out of lockdown? I think they have. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help that. <laughs> Bad pun there. <laughs> I make no apologies for my bad puns whatsoever, and we will move on very quickly <laughs> to the, to the MPL women's where the, there were plenty of games played over the weekend, and it, starting off with Capalaba 8, Eastern Suburbs 1, Lions SC 3, Sunshine Coast Wanderers 1, Moreton Bay 2, QAS 1, and Gold Coast United 1, South United 0, a really Dominant performance straight off the top there from Capalaba. Two goals from members, seems Billy Murphy and Larissa Crummer, Adam. Yeah, um, they, they're keeping they're keeping the premiership race alive um, as far as mathematically goes. Uh, obviously, I think uh, I think Lions uh, they will they will go to Walter Park on Friday night, needing a point to wrap up the premiership. But it is important that Capalaba uh, keep. They keep winning, and they, they actually you know, lay down a marker. And I think this eight-one result shows that you know what they are going to, they're going to, you know, they've got the side that potentially could put, you know, some goals away. And I'm not sure what happened to these. I think that's, that's a, but then again, with um, with as we've seen over the years of MPL women, there's a, there's some times that you know some games that can be sort of boring, sort of you know, dour struggles. Other times, everything you touch goes to gold. I think it might have been that case for Kapalabar. But the, the game that I think is going to be very, very interesting going forward will be in the final round when Lions, when Lions do host Kapalabar. I think that's going to be, even though the premiership race is going to be over, uh, I, I still think that's going to be you know, statements. And I think Kapalabar need to keep their form up going into that game. They do. And actually, the one good thing that happened for East this weekend, they got beaten comprehensively on the field, but... Their nearest challenge for that top four spot, South United, they lost down on the Gold Coast today to Gold Coast United, a goal from Eloise Weston midway through the second half. So despite the fact that they did did get beaten comprehensively, Adam, they still hold their spot in the top four as we transition to talking about the table. Lions, to your point, they are well clear on top of the table and they have every chance of potentially securing another premiership on Friday night up there at Walter Park against Moreton Bay United. United, Capalabar are in second on 43 points some 12 points behind Lions. Gold Coast United are in third on 43. Ethan Suburbs are fourth on 37 and South United fifth on 36. So it's, again, a bit like FQPL too. That battle for second spot in a home semi-final between Capalba and Gold Coast is still well and truly, truly on. And so is that spot between fourth and fifth for that final spot in the finals. South United probably been the better side over the course of the season, but Eastern Suburbs find themselves in the top four currently. Yeah, uh, South United have a game in hand, so that's that's probably going to tip the uh, favour in their scale. But look, you're right. Um, 
South and East, they get, they're going to fight out right right to the end as far as that fourth spot goes. And also as well, Capalabar and Gold Coast United. Home field advantage is going to be so important um, as far as as far as you know that that potential semi-final meeting uh, because uh, I think Capalabar would fancy themselves to beat Gold Coast at Max Haynes Field. Absolutely, it would be very interesting to what happens with that because I think you're right. There is that top the battle for those spots in the top four. I think second, third, and fourth. We've talked about this a little bit. Those fourths, those those sides, whoever finishes in those positions, they're about the same as each other, aren't they? They could beat each other on any given day, but. It's just, can any of them rise up and beat Lions? That's the question. It would have to be one almighty ambush. And I think Lions would have to um, really falter and, and be well below their best. And finals football can do that. That's the one thing that we can say is that, you know, in, in you know, finals football, anything can happen. And and that's probably the only hope as far as stopping the uh, Lions juggernaut. But, you know, it's a side that's also, you know, scored 107 goals this season, so it's 107 goals and have only and have going conceded. I'm trying to do the math. Uh, oh, so yes, conceded here. Nine. nine. They're on plus 98 goal difference. So not only could they wrap up the Premiership on Friday night, they also may bring up the hundred on their goal difference as well. Yeah, and that's no. So that and that and then when they're doing it both ends, that's a that's a very very good team. And you know, I so I I have no doubt if this if this um. If our sort of words go far and wide across the country, this is the best women's team in the country at MPL level. There's no doubt about. It. I think this is a better team that South Melbourne side, who at the moment are in lockdown, but the names there, um, I still would back this Lions team any any day of the week against them. Yep, yeah, I'll I'll agree with that. I think they would beat them, and I think they beat them quite comfortably. To be brutally honest with you, I think. And quite frankly, I think this team is that good across well. the board. It's it's got depth as well, Adam. The players who aren't in the team at the moment are also really good. They, they've got the ability at Lions to be able to rotate the squad as often as they need to and still bring in top quality players that can get the job done. They had three games in six days over the course of this week and they won all three convincingly. So that shows you the depth that they've got. Yeah, look, uh, yeah, like I said, they absolutely thumped QAS 9-0 and QAS had been pretty good. Um, like I said, they, they, were, they were very competitive against, they just went down to Moreton Bay. Um, they beat Sunshine Coast. Um, and they, and, they still be, and they, they have been competitive against the other other sides. And But, um, yeah, this, this Lions side is just at our level. As I said before, not only I think they're the best team in – best NPL women's team in the country. Oh, look, I think they could beat half the W League uh, at the that, moment. It's good that they could give a couple in the W League a really good game. And given the, given the fact that the Roar signed a couple of players out of there, it tells you that they've got plenty of W League quality players. But we'll move on quickly to FQPLW, Adam. It was on Friday night, a 1-0 win for Mitchell and thanks to Jess Hogg, away to Logan Lightning. Western Pride 6-0 over the Southwest Queensland Thunder, a hat-trick from Abby Lloyd in that game. Two goals from Emily Dunn helped, helped Brisbane City with a 3-0 win over Peninsula Power. And Olympic had a 1-0 win away from home at the Gap, thanks to a goal from Alira Toby, 15 minutes from time, which sees them retain their spot at the top of the table, three points clear of Brisbane City, Western Pride in third on 31, and then after that, I don't. I think it's a pretty much a race between three, isn't it? Between for that one spot in MPL Women's in 2022, it's between Olympic, Brisbane City, and Western Pride, and we'll see what happens when they play each other. Yeah, um, look, that that race can go right up to the final week. Um, and look, any of those three teams have the capabilities to um, to go to finish top and return to MPL. 
Absolutely. Now, are you going to mention anybody else for Performer of the Week, or are we just going to both agree it's Cyrus Demi? Uh, no, I'm going to Cyrus Demi. Yep. I think, as I said, as I said at the top of the show, look, if you don't think he's ready for A-League, um, look, I don't know what you're watching. He's, he's shown that, you know, he, he, his rise and rise, you know, in this last year, look, he, he deserves a chance. He's, he's ready for W, he's ready for W, ready for A-League football. He is ready for A-League. I'm not talking about W-League, he's certainly ready for A-League football. Yeah. He might play on Tuesday night off the bench for the Roar and the, in Games Power and the Cup. We'll have to wait and see, but we won't talk about that next weekend, but we'll talk about plenty of games in the NPL. Anything in the next seven days that's really caught your eye? Uh, look, I, I think, um, yeah, I'm, I'm hyped up for Brisbane Roar and Morton Bay next Sunday. I think that, that's, a, that's a huge game for both sides. And Adam will be there with his half-half scarf in that one without doubt. And before he can re- really give any response, I'm going to wrap this up. Adam, thanks for joining me once again. Yep, thanks, Scott. All right, that'll do it for this edition of the Brisbane Football Review's NPL Sunday Show. We'll talk to you once again next week.